welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 75, for Saturday the 18th of November, 2017 and this is the I'm away in Poland edition I'm recording this on Monday evening that's the 13th of November this will be going out on the 18th of November and I will still be in Poland on that day so we've got a little bit of a time slip going on and for that reason I decided that I would bring you up to date with whatever happened over the past few days since you heard my last audio diary Uh, but also I wanted to give you a really detailed breakdown of two weeks after my bookbub giveaway So I've broken down all the figures, and this week, this time, I've done them in dollars for consistency because I I got a bit mixed up with the pounds and my dollars last time. So you're going to get today a 14-day review after Goodreads, and I'm going to tell you about all the income, going to tell you all the numbers that you need to know so that you can see how well or badly a BookBub giveaway goes. So let's start with the general writing news, first of all. And when I spoke to you last Saturday, I did say that I might get up and do some writing. I did wake up nice and early. I was up at six o'clock on Sunday. So I did write 5,025 words of my sci-fi dystopian novel, Deleted. Now, the reason I did that was that I've got another four writing days to get in before Christmas. And I just figured, well, actually, the way I'd done it, I'm going to Benidorm in about three weeks' time for my my pre-winter sun or my pre-Christmas sun. And uh, I was going to be writing on the the day that I was going to leave for Benidorm. So I think I'm, I'm nipping off about four or five in the afternoon for, for Benidorm. So plenty of time to get some writing in before I go. And what I decided was actually, if I make the effort, get up on Sunday and get the writing done, I actually don't have to do that. I can just get up late that day, take my time, and then the holiday will effectively start a little bit earlier. So that's all I did. I just wanted to buy myself a little bit of time. It didn't really make much difference. It was just sliding around the squares, really. They, I knew they were going to fit. So this book is going to be done very soon. Uh, I've got another 15,000 words left now. Uh, it was funny, I was saying to my wife the other day that it doesn't seem that long ago that I was saying to you that I wasn't quite sure about the story, whether it was going to fly. And then here I am, 35,000 words in, and I'm going strong with it. It's, uh, I know exactly where I'm going with it now. I know how it's going to end. I've set it all up. Um, I just probably need to have, I think about this when I'm in Poland, actually, just need to have one kind of last uh, earth-shattering crisis or twist, and that'll that'll take me to the end. So uh, that that book's uh, good to go. That'll be done by Christmas. And then before Christmas, I, I'm talking about stopping writing by Christmas, but I do actually have two books to review. So Helen Fazal has sent me back one fatal error, which just seems like forever ago now. It's a thriller because my head's been in a sci-fi dystopian place for the last month or so. Um, it feels really funny to be talking about a thriller again. So I have to give a final read of One Fatal Error. Now, Helen got that back to me really early. I've had it for a couple of weeks, but it's not scheduled. I, as you know, I schedule really highly with this stuff to make sure all the work gets done. And I have three days schedule for it in, when is it? How many weeks time? Oh, next week. No, not, not this week. So yeah, next week. I'll get mixed up with the times because I'm recording this so early. So it's going to be done on the 24th, 25th and 26th of November. I will be re- doing the final review of one fatal error. So this is really just the last spit and polish, really, because Helen's been right through it with a fine tooth comb. And then I also let her have it back. She always just gives it a final read as a reader, just to make sure she's not missed anything, that final sweep. And then it goes uh, live on the 6th of December. 
So loads and loads of time to get that book done. And then the other thing I've had to budget before Christmas, you can hear me flicking through my planner here. When I get back from Benidorm, uh, I've got another three days. Uh, and this takes me up to Christmas Eve in actual fact. Uh, 21st, 22nd and 23rd of December, I've got to do my read of, of Deleted. So Deleted will have had a week or two to rest then. Uh, my wife will have gone through it. I then need to go through it with a fine tooth comb and make any changes over those three days that I need to do. And then it will go or it's ready to go to an editor just then. Interestingly, uh, Helen uh, got in contact with me. She's had to make some changes to her plans this year. So she may not be able to uh, edit that book. I'm hoping that she can read it. I'm sort of begging her to read it at the moment because she knows The Secret Bunker of the Grid so well. And this book bridges the worlds of The Secret Bunker of the Grid. So I'm really keen for my wife to read it and for Helen to read it because they know the stories so well. And, um, you know, I hope that they're reading deleted thinking, ah, so that's how that happens. And oh, Oh, that's what happened to that person. So I, I want that. I want you to get that when you read deleted. Um, so we'll have to see what happens with that, but I will have it ready. And I, I never was going to send it to Helen anyway until the new year, but I'll have it ready for Christmas, all things, um, being equal. So uh, that's the writing. Very pleased we've got that writing done. Um, I've got other two Goodreads giveaways running at the moment. So, um, this went really well for me, uh, with, uh, Burden of Guilt. So I, at the moment, um, I've got a non-fiction and a fiction running. My MailChimp Unboxed book is on Goodreads. And at the moment, it's been running, can't remember how long it's been going for, a couple of days. And it's got uh, 59 people requesting that. Generally on Goodreads, I wouldn't expect a huge number of people to request non-fiction. But that's certainly worth having 59 people um, requesting that book. And as I always say to you, that, that giveaway's got 19 days to run. You do most of your business on a Goodreads giveaway in the final few days because you move to the top of the giveaway listings. Um, so the ones that are about to finish move to the top. Now, I'm way out at the moment, so barely anybody will be finding me at the moment. So you always do your last business in those final few days. And um, Dead of Night's doing well, actually. Uh, three copies available only in the, in the UK, and I've had 144 people requesting that book so far. So um, just give you some information about that. I'll let you know how many final requesters we get. But if you if you want to have a go at getting either of those books, um, you could either go to Goodreads and hunt them out in the giveaway section, or if you go to selfpublishingjourneys.com, the website for this podcast, you'll see that I've put a little widget for Dead of Night on the right-hand side there. And if you want to get your hands potentially on a free copy of MailChimp Unboxed, the paperback, then go to paulteague.com, my regular blog, and you can enter the giveaway that I've put that prominently on that website. A uh, couple of just brief things to mention before I get into the, the detail of the BookBub giveaway. My YouTube account now, I've just been mentioning this to you because I, I boiled it right down, I cut it, pruned it right down. I, I can't remember how many views it was, but it was you know, fewer than 500. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. Well, just putting the podcast recordings on. So it's only audio, uh, but it, it has a still image on, so it, it counts as a video. Um, I've now exceeded 10,000 views on YouTube. And interesting that I'm connecting with a couple of authors on YouTube who whose preferred way of listening to the podcast is via YouTube. So I can't recommend that strategy to you highly enough. And if you look at the videos there, you'll see that None of the videos has an extraordinary number of views, but what happens is it all adds up over time. So because I've got so many audios there now, and because the search engine visibility of those videos is so good in YouTube, it's led to me getting 10,000 views. So just a really uh, interesting strategy with the with the podcast. It's really worth putting them on, on YouTube, and it's really helped to build that 
that viewing audience back up again. But uh, what's most interesting for me is, is the number of people that I'm having regular conversations with on YouTube who are commenting on the videos, and that's their preferred way to consume the videos. And if you'd have asked me beforehand, I would have thought, no, no one's going to do that, but they do. So uh, it's just important, I think, to think of the channels all of the time. Uh, here's an interesting one. A lady called Sarah Hardy, who um, she works for Bloodhound Books. And you know my thoughts on, on Bloodhound Books. I think she's a publicist for Bloodhound Books. And so she's somebody I follow and she's followed me for a while because, um, you know, I've, I've obviously had a few people who represent Bloodhound Books on the podcast. So we, we've been connected, but I don't know Sarah at all. And she'd obviously picked up Don't Tell Meg as part of my promo, having seen it on Twitter. And out the blue on Sunday, um, I was um, mentioned in a Facebook post and I'm copied, you know, mentioned it on, on a tweet. And she'd read Don't Tell Meg and had reviewed it and given it a great review. And I, I wrote back to thank her for the review. And, um, and, and obviously, because it's from Bloodhound Books, I, I know, uh, you know, Sarah uh, works as a publicist for Bloodhound Books and does other things. This review was on her own behalf. She did it for herself, uh, for her own website. Um, but my view of, of somebody like Sarah is she knows her thrillers. She's completely immersed in the world of Bloodhound books, and she knows her thrillers. She'll have read a fair few, and and she and she blogs on a, a variety of book genres. But clearly, she's very embroiled in the world of thrillers. So to have something like Sarah say that she liked the book and that she was gripped by the the plot twists and everything like that, um, it's just a, re a really pleasing review for me to have got. Now. This is really interesting. Um, the reason I'm telling you this is because I want to talk to you about influencers. Sarah is an influencer in her field because she works for, for Bloodhound Books and because she's got this well-respected uh, blog, uh, a re review blog. So when she when she posted this on Twitter, I can't believe the feedback and the retweets and the comments and all of this stuff on Twitter that I've had as a result of Sarah, just a, you know a simple Sarah uh, putting out a tweet saying, here's my review of Don't Tell Meg. Um, it's been astonishing. I got loads of retweets and, and mention, you know, comments and whatever they are um, on Sunday. And they keep coming in today, uh, mainly through Twitter. So the learning point from this is the reason I wanted to mention with this is that connecting with influencers is a really powerful way of bringing you to a new audience. So um, Sarah, because she's influential in that sphere, has I've been following all the people who've liked and retweeted and all of that stuff and there are so many book bloggers and book reviewers in that list so the concept here is is try and get connected to to influencers because they can help you to to build your audience extremely effectively i've never seen anything like like what um, has happened with sarah amazing response to what would appear to be just a simple tweet saying, here's my book review of Don't Tell Meg. I really enjoyed it. And th that's all it was. So, um, yeah, astonished at, at, at what keeps coming in. It's Today's the end of Monday, and I've been watching tweets coming in all day. It's been phenomenal. So uh, thank you, Sarah, if you're listening. And for uh, authors who are listening to this, you know, try and get connected uh, to influencers because it's amazing. And I know that uh, I must look at, and I must at some point, do a blog tour or get involved in a blog tour it's something that really hasn't been on my radar but I see so many thriller authors doing it and I really must try and give that a try I might put that on my list of things to do in 2018 I invoiced the Sightive authors this week uh, this is um, this, you know this is great because it's part of my author income I was paid to do a talk my hotel was covered and my train expenses were covered and I, I received a fee I think the standard fee now is 175 pounds for uh, what what was an hour-long talk obviously I had to prepare for it um, but that's the standard fee that you get now so I was paid that I think I was paid that or something very similar to it when I did um, the 
Borderlines Festival, and I'm being paid the same fee when I go to talk for the Historical Novel Society in August of next year. So that's a standard author speaking fee now. And I think that uh, many organisations who are making sure that authors are, are rewarded correctly, that's about the level that they're trying to pay authors now for doing talk. So um, remember, it's not just the books that create income, it's all the other things that you do around it, including the talks that you do, that count as part of your author income. So um, before I talk about earnings, one last thing, I'm just getting my Insta freebie giveaways ready before we go. So my sci-fi Insta freebie giveaway is all loaded up, it's full of authors, we're good, we're good to go, and that will start the day after I get back to the UK, or the day I get back home. So it starts um, in a, just over a week's time, and then I'm still just trying to fill the thriller. The thriller's not launching till December, I've got loads of time left with that, um, but the, the two giveaways are all you know good to go, I've done all my work on them, and um, I'll pick those up when I get back from Poland. Okay, so that's my author news for this week. It's surprising, actually. That's that's 12 minutes of author news. I didn't think I'd have much to tell you, and we've just generated that in the last couple of days since I recorded the last diary. So it is amazing when you're working on this author business all the time, how much um, you know bits and pieces you're doing all the time to move your author career on. So let's get back to this BookBub promo, and this is the, the information that you're all waiting for. And, and so I'm recording this on Monday the 13th, and that is two weeks since my BookBub promo launched. So we're not quite 20, not 24 hours, 14 days exactly, but it's 14 days, give or take a few. So I'm going to give you the numbers and I'm going to give you all the numbers in dollars this time for consistency. But I'm now in a position to just give you a really good overview of it because when we did the BookBub, when I did that diary explaining how much I'd made that week and how many sales I'd made, what I wasn't sure about then was, is this going to continue? When is this going to die? And I can give you some more information about this. Now, the other thing that I was planning the other day, I was looking at my diary thinking, well, hang on, um, when I go to Benidorm in a couple of weeks' time, um, I, I'm going to have nothing to put in the diary that week. So what I'm also going to do is when I have to re- record a diary before I go to Benidorm, because I won't be doing any writing that week, uh, as I am now, I'll give you a 40-day review of my book bub in that diary and let you know how the sales are tailing off and where the earnings are 40 days out. So it'll give you a really good uh, breakdown. But also I want you to see the decay of the sales um, as we get further and further out from the book bub. So you can see how we do really well at first and then how those sales decay. But I have to tell you, the good news is the sales aren't decaying. They're going really well still. So uh, let me talk you through this then. Okay, so in the first seven days of my promo, um, and you've got this figure already, um, I earned... And this is it all in dollars today, $1,847.20. That's in the first seven days of the promo. So in the two weeks since I did my book bub, so this is this includes that figure I've just given you. It's the 14-day period. Over the last 14-day period, I've earned $3,000. $682.57. That was the latest count just before I started recording. That is an average since I launched the book bub of $263 per day. Now, uh, I'm just trying to do the dollar to pound conversions, but generally I wouldn't earn much more than that a month before I did the book bub. That would be about what I earned a month con- consistently and safely. So if I had no promo on, and I, I was just, the box, books were just there and I wasn't doing any, any free boxes or anything like that. I wasn't doing any kind of promos. I would generally earn about that much a month. I think it's fair to say fairly consistently, maybe a bit less than that. So 
$3,682 in 14 days, $263 per day. Now, the costs of my promo were, just to remind you, and I'll do these in dollars again too, $350 for my book club ad, $85 for the free books he ad the day after, and $75 for the BookSends ads uh, that was also the day after. So if you remember, I did the BookBub and then I followed it up with the free books and BookSends and that gave me the push that I needed to get to number one in the territories that I'd missed just on the BookBub. So in terms of my profit over that two-week period, when you remove the costs of the ads themselves, I've now made profit over a 14-day period of $3,172 57 cents. So we're over $3,000 up on the deal now. Now, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you probably, I, I, I don't want to be a glass half um, empty kind of guy. I, I, I think I, I hope I look realistically at things, not pessimistic. I try to look realistically at things. So I hope I'm not over optimistic, but I hope I'm not pessimistic. But before I did the book bub, you see, I've had so many disappointments. I've been doing this for a long time. And, um, you know, I've done, I've done as an internet marketer, I've done webinars where we earned just uh, ridiculous amounts. And I've done webinars where we had great performers on and we, we made no sales at all. So, you know, I, I, I approach these things realistically because I know that the success that other people have doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to have their success. I, I've seen this enough times now to, to know that. So I, I always try and go in steady, um, ex hoping for the best, but not surprised if the worst comes. So when I did that book, but my, my first thought was, well, if I cover my costs, that's great. I've paid the money out already. I've written it off in my head. If I get that money back, which would, would which would have been, you know, $600, then that's fine. I'm good to go. It wasn't a waste of time. And I've introduced my book to more readers, but to have made $3,172 profit, um, I'm feeling pleased now. <laughs> I'm telling you, I will tell you, I'm feeling pleased as punch with that because I've made money this month that makes a difference, not just piddly amounts of money, but you know, whoever you are, $3,000 in your pocket uh, as profit is a good month. Uh, however way, however you look at that, that's a good little month that is. And I'm, I'm very happy with it. Now to put that in context, my wife and I work part time. So we're not on full time salaries, but that means that this month, um, in terms of profit and income after tax from our part-time jobs, I've earned more than we would have earned together. Now, if you remember the previous milestone that I hit, which was in about May of this year, when I think it was, a, I had a free boxy promo, my previous um, target, not my target, but my previous sort of income attainment, achievement, was that I'd earned more than my wife did. And my wife earns uh, a lot less than me because she works a lot more part-time than I do. So I'm pretty pleased with that amount because it hits all sorts of targets for me. I've always said to you, if, you, if you've listened to this diary for a length of time, I, I try and mark it by, number one, my wife's salary. Because if you're replacing people's salaries, you're, you could then say, well, that person could stop work and that salary is replaced. That's why I do it by salaries. So that was my wife's replace, but that's my wife's. And the next, I guess the next hurdle I'd expect to jump over is to say, well, I managed to replace or exceed what I bring in every month. But actually this month, I've far exceeded what both of us bring in every month with that 3000. And remember, this is only 14 days into the month. I got another 14 days to go. And I'm having, um, in, you know, in pounds, 150, 175 pound days still, even this far out. So that's going to go up quite considerably um, for a month. I, I would hesitate to, to predict yet. But 
let's have a look. Might we hit 5,000 this month? I, I, I don't think we will. I think we'll, we'll safely, we'll safely get to 4,000. We may get to four and a half. I'll be delighted if I'm telling you that we've hit five after a month. Um, but the sales keep coming. So I'm not going to knock that. And, you know, to be having 150, 165 pounds, 175 pound days this far out from a book bub is quite astonishing for me. Now, there's no way those sales are going to continue at that level even though I'm delighted with the result. There is going to be a decay on this. There always is. There has to be. It had an initial uh, impetus. The reason that I've made that amount of money from this promo, remember I was giving away a free book, is a combination of a couple of things. It's because I write in series. So I gave book one away for free. Um, you've got to obviously, number one, you've got if you're downloading the book for free, you've got to start reading the blasted thing first. So a lot of those 43,000 people who downloaded it will be freebie seekers. They won't ever even read the thing. It'll probably get deleted when their Kindle gets full. So of those 43,000, it was actually 43,335 people was the final number of people who downloaded that book for free, which is, again, a phenomenal number of people to access the book. A certain number of those will never touch it. Some of those will read it and hate it. And then, so we're judging this now on the people who are reading it and who are then subsequently liking it. So I've made my money from Pages Read, because remember, I'm in KDP Select. I get a lot of money from Pages Read and from book sales. Because I write in a series... Um, don't tell Meg finishes with a sort of open question and people who write like the book will need to read the next two to get the resolution of the story. They don't have cliffhanger endings, but they do have open endings that end with a kind of question mark. Um, so you will want to read on more. So the money I'm making is on books two and three, but that is my strategy. It, it always has been. So um, the, the Secret Bunker is a trilogy of three. The Grid is a trilogy of three. The Don't Tell Meg trilogy is obviously uh, three books. And you need to read through the lot to get the full story. It's only recently that I've started doing standalones because I wanted more to play with in promos to, to drive traffic to my author brand. But series work well. The reason I wanted to have a couple of standalones is that when you've, when you've got series, so you, uh, when you, they end on cliffhangers, really in my trilogies, I could only ever promote the first book. I've written three, but I could only promote one. And that's why I wanted to have a couple of standalones that I could just promote, you know, freely and take out a KDP select and do, do weird things with to drive people to my author name. And that's what that strategy is all about. So. Of the money that I've made, $3,172.57 profit, I gave away 43,335 free copies of the book. I've made 890 paid book sales over that 14-day period and 383,230 page reads. So that 3,000-odd dollars that I've made comes from 890 subsequent book sales from people reading through the series and 383,000, whatever it is, pages read. Pages read really make a huge difference to your income. I noticed and observed this when I did the free booksy promo uh, earlier in the year. Most of my income came from pages read and it did from the free booksy. So if you're doing a free booksy, make sure your book is in select, KDP select, so you can get the pages read because that is good to represent a big part of the income that you make when you do your promo. The other thing that you need to do is make sure that you cross promote heavily. So at the beginning and the end of the books, before I 
I did the Don't Tell Meg Prime. I, I went through all of my thrillers, including the standalones. And at the beginning and the end of the book, I've got a list of all my books in there and links to them so that I make the buying process frictionless so that people can check me out. I've even put my sci-fis in there because the whole purpose of me for that BookBub deal was to drive massive web traffic. That's the, that's the purpose of it. And then how much money you make and how much you keep people reading depends on how effectively you then cross-fertilize. You move them through your, your sales funnel or the things that you have on offer. So one of the things I've observed so far is that it hasn't really had a much of a knock on on my standalone thrillers. So um, I, I, what I'm selling is I'm selling The Murder Place, which is book two, The Forgotten Children, which is book three. I'm selling, I'm still selling lots of Don't Tell Megs. I'm not quite sure where they're coming from, really, but they are. Um, but it's not free anymore. It's paid. I'm selling the two box set, which has book two and three in. And I'm still selling the three box set, which has Don't Tell Meg. It's not the cheapest way to buy it, but I'm still selling lots of those too. So the other learning point from this is, is have buying combinations that allow people to buy from you in different ways and price those buying combinations in a way that makes it you know attractive to keep buying from you. So that if you, you could either buy the next two books separately, or if you buy them as a two book, a book box set, you can get them slightly cheaper. So give people different options for buying from you. Now, here are some other statistics from that two-week period. 71.7% of my sales came from the US. 18.7% came from the UK store. 6.6% from the Canada store. 2.7% from Australia. And the one I'm really pleased about, not really quite sure how I'm still managing to do it, but 0.3% in the Indian store. Now, I have my books priced at peanuts in India because I just want to be read and adopted in in India. That's just what I want to do. So I'm really, really pleased that India, even at 0.3%, comes up in those statistics. Very, very happy about that. So in summary, I'm absolutely delighted at this BookBub promo. Was it worth my while? Of course it was worth my while. I'm not in a position yet. I'm very happy with those earnings. You know, that's really money... I could do something with. So I'm very happy about that. Um, I, I'm delighted with the book bub. Would I do another one again? Of course I would. I'll, uh, and by the way, it, I tried the secret bunker for a book bub uh, last week and I got knocked back straight away. So the other thing I need to tell you is just because you've had one doesn't mean you're going to get another. So, um, you know, you've just got to keep throwing mud at the wall and some of it will stick. Now, what will be really interesting is when I submit Don't Tell Meg again in three months, I think you have a rest period of three months uh, when you could promote your books. Now, I sure as heck am going to be promoting this in three months' time after this. That's Don't Tell Meg's going out again. Now, will they knock me back or will they accept me this time? Will the fact that I've had a successful promo already help the fact that I'm asking for another promo? I don't know. We'll find out in three months' time and I'll, I'll let you know. But I'm interested to find that uh, and discover whether they'll let me just have another promo again. But clearly, with that level of income, this is just now a bookbub money machine. If I can, if I can put that amount of money in, $600, $550, whatever it is for ads, and I can take that much money out, even if I didn't make, uh, if I made half of that amount of money, I'm still in profit. So th this is now a money machine um, because I know that I can put so much in and I'm going to get much more out. And this is what we're always trying to achieve on the internet. We always want to put a bit in, and get much more out. It's the same with Amazon ads. It's the same with Facebook ads. We pay a little bit and we get way more back. So free books has always worked like that for me. Um, and, and if you can't get a book, but please try free booksy. I love free booksies. 
the poor man's book bub, as I call them. But obviously, you need to keep trying for a book bub. I did wonder whether book bub was done. I, before I did it, I thought, you know, are there too many of these? People who get these thrillers are getting them every day. Isn't it a bit much? Can we reach a saturation point? Well, the answer quite clearly is no. Um, we haven't reached saturation with point, point with this yet. And if you're in a kind of a popular genre, uh, and thrillers is, of course, a, you know, a great genre to write in. That's why I'm writing at it. It's not an obscure genre. Then keep trying for that book bub and, and try and do some of the things I've told you that squeeze more money out of the deal. But no, I'm absolutely uh, delighted with that. I've, I've probably been, um, a little bit hesitant about getting too excited about things in the past, but I'm really, really pleased with that. You know, I, I sort of will take a moment to sit back and say, well, that was a good job, Paul. You did all right with that. You know, you, I'm not sure how you would have squeezed more out of it. I'm really not sure how I would have squeezed more out of that. Um, but it, it, it's, it makes me very happy. It's my best month ever. And you know what it's like if you've been doing writing for a long time, we have to celebrate these wins. Now, what did I hear the other day? I heard something from a conference, the name of which I forget. I think it was a Upreneur conference. I saw a little quote there, which is words to the effect of, don't judge your hundredth day by somebody else's 10,000th day. And, and, and that's what I tend to do. I tend to look at, you know, people like Joanna Penn, who's been at this 11 years, and I know how hard she works. We all know how hard she works, you know, even though she's a six-figure author now, she still works too hard. And she says it, even, you know, she knows she works too hard, right? She deserves everything she's got, but she's been at it for 10, 11 years. And so when I look at my podcast, I look at what I'm doing in terms of books. You know, I would compare myself with people like her and, and Mark Dawson and think it's just not good enough. It's just not good enough. Um, but I, I'm not on her number of days yet. And I just found that a very compelling way of looking at things. We are where we are. We're as many steps forward as, as, as we are. And I'm nowhere near as many steps forward as, as Joanna Penn. She's been at 11 years. I've been at it for three years. So we've got to celebrate these steps along the way. And I think that so long as we're growing and we are able to hit um, new new targets, and this has just completely exploded loads of targets for me, um, then we have to celebrate that and just keep working. I think if you were looking at a time when things were just getting worse and worse and worse constantly, however much work you were doing, you might have to uh, reconsider. But this has certainly put some wind under my wings now. Um, because to sell that many books and to have that amount of read through, you know, so for instance, if, if the book was a, a pile of pants and 43,000 people downloaded it and no one read on, that was it. They read the freebie and no one bought on. Well, then that would have been a failure. Uh, but people are, are buying on. I don't know what percentage and yet. Maybe I might calculate that at some point, maybe at the end of a month or something like that when I, I, I can get proper figures for a proper time period. But. However way you look at that, that's a good month of income. So uh, I, I am very happy with it, even though I may have sounded uh, cautious or reticent about that. I'm absolutely delighted. So I hope that's useful for you. And I hope it puts a, a kind of, you know, regular author's book bub into context. Uh, there really is something to play for. You know, I'm a normal guy. I don't have uh, a network of people who can help me with this stuff. It's just me prodding away, push, 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 trust, trying to make something out of this. Um, and that feels like a, you know, a little win, uh, in my author career. I'm very happy with that. So just to finish off things then, um, it was Tim Lewis who was tweeting. I don't know whether it was Tim who tweeted that quote, but Tim was at the Upreneur Summit and uh, this was in London. And I was watching Tim and lots of other people I know actually down at Upreneur thinking, do you know what? I wish I'd gone to that now. I can't remember how much it cost, um, but it was a lovely little conference and it didn't look 
um, I, I've been to a lot of these things in the past in, in my internet marketing days. It used to pay a lot of money to go down there and it just used to sit through a pitch fest. You know, people would do talks on stage and it always lead to some very expensive product. And I've been in, in, in full rooms where people have been running to the back to try and get a deal, you know, the first 20 or something like that. And I, I'm worn out by it. It's why I don't do internet markets anymore. It would just wore me out. I'd had enough of it. And, um, and so that's probably what put me off the Upreneur Summit, thinking it might be a bit like that. Um, but, but watching it uh, on Twitter and following the hashtag and sort of seeing so many people that I knew made me think, mm, I'd like to have been there actually. So I hope it comes back next year and I will put that on my on my radar, on my diary for next year if they do. But Tim uh, tweeted just to say, uh, and thanks for these tweets, Tim. It's lovely to see where people are listening to the podcast. Um, Tim's sent me a picture, a very familiar scene for me. It's a travel lodge. Uh, it must be a London travel lodge. And um, he's just tweeting his early morning cup of tea um, before he goes to the Upreneur Summit uh, in London. And uh, he's just brewing up, I think, and it was very early in the morning because I was up at about six and he tweeted that shortly after I got up. So obviously an early start for Tim on the Saturday. That's it for today. Thank you very much for listening to The Diary. I'm sorry the time zones are all out. As I say, I will be enjoying myself in uh, Poland when you listen to this and getting ready for the flight back. And then it's an overnight uh, in Edinburgh. We're flying into Edinburgh Airport, an overnight in Edinburgh, and then back on the train uh, on Sunday. So uh, really looking forward to having a great adventure with my son. My guest on Monday is Margaret Ski, a historical fiction writer. Uh, Margaret is the uh, lady who invited me to speak at the Society of Historical Fiction Writers um, in August of 2018. And I met Margaret in Edinburgh when I was doing the, was it Edinburgh? Yeah, the Amazon gig. Yeah, that was Edinburgh. I get mixed up with Glasgow and Edinburgh where I've been. But that was in Edinburgh. So I met Margaret there. We had a chat, really liked her. Very interesting because she's she's been traditionally published She's kind of she's kind of hybrid uh, with things, uh, and, and very interestingly, um, she she actually and I, I hope memory serves me correctly. She does things the other way around to the rest of us. So she gets somebody to do her digital books because she just hates the technology, but does her paperback books, which is the opposite of what most of us do, uh, which is fascinating. And also, um, she, Margaret won um, a competition that was hosted by Alan Titchmarsh. It was the People's Novelist Competition. She's got this lovely YouTube clip of her, uh, you know, reading from her book on TV. It's fantastic. So she's talking to me about that on Monday's Diary. That's going to be episode 90 of the podcast. We're moving towards that number 100. And um, that's going to be on Monday, the 20th of November, 2017. I'm having to be very careful with my dates at the moment with all this time slipping going on. So I'm off to have a great day in Poland. We fly out tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to spending a week with my son exploring uh, the sites of Poland. We're going to be going to Auschwitz. That's going to be a very uh, difficult day, but a day that we both really want to do. I think it's a really important thing um, to do, and I've wanted to do it for ages, and my son has. So you know, there's there's obviously that difficult trip to do, uh, and, and also the sites. We're going to the salt mines and all the things that you do when you're in Poland. So really, really looking forward to that. Um, I'll be back in a week's time with another diary. I hope you have a fantastic week of writing. I ain't doing any writing for a week, so I'm having a week off. <laughs> but I'll get back, and I'll be back in the chair doing the work very, very soon. Have a great week of writing yourself, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.